0: All right. I'm sweating.
2: Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amin Hassan in New York City, in studio with ah! oh, the It's like the price is right when I'm holding the microphone. Yeah. It's such a weird looking mic, Amin by the way.
0: Bob Barker, Hassan. I've always well, said, I, I liked your middle name. I'm more of a Drew Carey guy myself. Oh. That's
2: right. Yeah, not to Bob Barker. You're old. That's why they got you out of here. Is he still alive?
0: Mm, Don't know. I think he might have passed on to the spirit realm. I also don't know though. He could still be alive. Sorry. It's like when you remember someone tweeted like Cheryl Crow is rolling over in her grave, and she quote tweeted and was like, "I'm still alive." Still
2: alive, yeah. Bob
0: Barker quote tweeted this. Also, nobody talks enough about um, whose line is it anyway.
2: Yeah, great improv work see that's what we just did right there yes and yes and yes Yes, and and we've got a great show for you today yes
0: and we do (laughs) yes it's wednesday yep
2: you know i feel like it's been a while since we've done this word count word count wednesday there you go
0: i know we're gonna do a rapid fire word count and i'm there oh bob barker died last august
2: yeah and somewhere bob barker's widow is sitting there like i know maybe i'll watch some
0: basketball content (laughs) to take my mind off of my poor bob sorry sorry to the barker family Yep, and i mean that Anyway, sharp left turn, uh, Mm -hmm. Joe Dumars and the competition committee thinks that there might be too much offense in the NBA.
2: I I like this quote. It's like, remember he talked to Vinny Goodwill Mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks back and Mm -hmm. went over a lot of things. And one of the things they touched on was offense. And at the time he said, the question is posed to each one of these groups is the balance out of whack. Do we need to balance this more to allow defenses to defend more, to do more on the defensive end? By and large, people are saying it wouldn't be bad to have a little bit more defense. You don't want it where defense can just, you know, grab and hold. And you don't want it when the offense has just this huge advantage either. Right. So those words from a couple of weeks ago now have escalated to at least they're going to look at it. Yeah,
0: the competition committee is going to look at it. That's comprised of... uh, Co- GMS, coaches—is it players are? On there, it? I
2: think there are a couple of players on the
0: competition so committee as well. Um, so, okay, my question to you—I mean—is right. everybody's? Everybody loves to talk about this. Everybody yes. loves to. Sports shows are like—is offense a bad thing? Is yeah. there too much offense? And everybody's always like, "Why are they scoring so much?" Yeah. And it feels like everybody wants there to be a simple answer to this. Everybody wants it to be like they are too strict. The rules are too strict on defenders. Mm-hmm. Or people are like, well, everybody's just gotten so much better. What's the breakdown? What's the Venn diagram of those two things, in your opinion? So it's
2: like all the boring answers. It's a little bit of everything. It's a little nuanced. It's nuanced. It's a little bit of everything. But the reality is, Charlotte, Mm -hmm. one thing that we know, you, you can say, oh, it's because teams play faster. And it's true. The seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns of 2005 that were like, oh my God, they're running all the time. Today would be the slowest team by far. Is that true? Yeah. They're the slowest team. And they would be taking the least amount of threes in the league. Right? So pace has gone up, number one. The number of threes taken has gone up. And I know this is going to upset some old heads, but like if you as a team took more threes shooting 35% 35% than twos shooting 45%, right? One would say, oh, this guy's a great shooter, shooting 45% on all these jump shots. The other guy shooting 35% on these jump shots. He's not that great. But if he's taking threes, a 35% shooter, and the 45% shooter's taking long twos, guess who's scoring more points on the same amount of shots? It's the three-point shooter. So you have all of these kind of factors that are... uh like gumming up the system right having said that right even though yes teams are going to score more because we play more up tempo yes teams are going to score more because we're shooting more things having said that charlotte of the top 40 offenses in the history of basketball
0: okay 38
2: 38 have occurred since the COVID season
0: wait sorry what to all but two of the best offenses in the history of the NBA.
2: Yes. Have occurred, have occurred
0: since 2020.
2: Since COVID. since COVID. Yes. So clearly this isn't like, oh, generation is better. Like, hold on. Many of these players played before this boom. In fact, the Golden State Warriors of Kevin Durant. Yeah. That first year when they won 67 games and there was the most perfect basketball ever. Yeah. That's like outside the top 40.
0: Methinks there might be some outside factors going on.
2: Right. And and I think most of all, it is defenders feel compromised. Yeah. You cannot touch anybody on the perimeter. And I think that's another thing. Offensive players have gotten a lot better at hunting fouls. Mm -hmm. Right. If you look at the way James Harden plays, the way Luka Doncic plays. And this isn't a, it's not an aesthetic complaint. I don't, or like, oh, they're cheating. Like, no, they're doing what the rules allow. Right. But when you allow it to get exploited like that, it adds to this thing where defenders are in a damned if I do, damned if I don't. It's like, if I try to kind of get up on them, Mm -hmm. I risk putting myself in jeopardy of catching these fouls. Right. If I'm like, well, okay, can't get up on Let me let me try and back up. Well, that's all the space these great offensive players need right. to do whatever they want. And, and so it's like catch 22.
0: And this is the rant that Steve Kerr goes on like once every two months at this point in the season. He's like, we have built a game with rules where defenders cannot do anything. And he always talks about, he's like, offenders have become so good at drawing fouls. And that's a part of the game.
2: Right. So the the, the rule changes that they implemented in 2004, 2005 to open up the game because younger watchers like you don't understand it was horrendous don't listen to these old heads say oh i remember when it used to be it was ugly to watch like 90 to 89 games are not cool to watch because there's a lot of holding and not a lot of freedom of moment yeah, of motion weren't movement, they right?
0: averaging like 95 points a game before yeah like in 2004
2: yeah I, and again like the idea is that if i were oh this is cool let me let me do this i'll walk over here because you have a basket right here right see that Oh, oh, yeah, we got a basket right oh, here. Wow. So as an offensive player, I could, when I would cut across the lane, let's say I hit the top of the key and then I cut across the lane, everybody here in the paint as a defender could take pot shots at me as I go through. So it was either go get buffeted in between that or uh-huh. stay my ass out here. Let me get back in my shot. <laughs> Save my ass out here and just like swinging around or whatever, right. so it was a, a lot more physical. The people who were inside were bigger and stronger and mm-hmm. were the people who could either take or deliver the abuse or, you know, were just, I guess, gluttons for punishment. So that was one thing. And then on the perimeter, if I'm dribbling the ball, the defensive player could put his hand on me. One of the things they used to do is they put the hand on the hip and yep. steer you. So even if I'm trying to go this way, they're like, no, you're not. You're going this way. <laughs> right. Or they would like cage you with arms. So they got rid of that stuff, which is good. But the problem is they made it so that on the, in any of these instances, any contact is technically a foul. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they call it every time. But if I'm dribbling with my back to the basket, the defender can have his forearm armbar like that in my back. The moment I reverse pivot and face this way, now yeah. it's like, I got to get my hands up. Right. So if you are James Harden, and you're starting in this position, and then you rip through and face, the defender's like, oh, I got to get my hands up right. real quick. Because if I don't, if I'm still kind of reaching out as yeah. I just spat in my arm, yeah. if I'm still reaching out, then they've got the ability to rip up and through. Yeah. And I know what people are saying. Oh, they changed that rule. The, the rip through and up isn't a shooting foul anymore. It's not, but it's still a foul. Right it's still a foul and all of these things make it so defenders like even when he's got his back to me i'm going to try and defend with my chest right because they won't call that so all of these rules are make it very hard for any defense to be sound so then the only way you can guard a guy like that is what is okay now i got to get help defense so now you know i'm guarding james harden here you charlotte who would be guarding let's say quiet leonard or whatever you've got to come over here and like almost stand In his line of sight, right? So now
0: Kawhi's open.
2: Now Kawhi's open. And even if they go to Kawhi and you're back on Kawhi, that someone had to help you out here. And so there's another pass all the way in the corner. So all of these kind of things all emanate from the same point, which is the guy with the ball facing the basket, you cannot touch him. And once you start with that and then... Sprinkle in, oh, by the way, if any of these guys cut this way, you can't kind of dislodge them yeah. on their cuts. Yeah. And then you sprinkle in, oh, by the way, they're setting it all up so that someone's going to get an open three. And then you sprinkle in, oh, by the way, they're moving faster up the court, even after scores. Like All of those things are now conspiring to give you this offensive explosion.
0: So if you could change one rule, yep. or if you could make one tweak, what do you think would make the biggest impact in letting defenders defend without turning it back into, like, slog ball
2: i don't know yeah <laughs> like it's, it's one of those it's a little
0: too naughty to be able to say that it would have to be like several incremental changes yes. it feels like rather than it, it, one it, rule that would fix this so uh,
2: some people talked about the three-point line is too is too close in the corners it's 23 feet nine inches around the uh, above the break but once it gets to the corners it becomes a straight line so people are so saying, they're saying just make it continue out and then meet the sideline, so there's no corner threes now. Okay, like that's just a long. I was long gonna say,
0: two. but then they're out of bounds, and it's like, well, that's the point.
2: That's the point. The point is that you can't hit a three pointer from there. And given that, if we're doing action on one side of the floor, mm-hmm. the absolute furthest point from the ball is the opposite corner. Yeah, and so that's by definition the hardest three pointer to close out on. That is also the highest efficiency efficiency shot. Uh mm-hmm. huh other than a layup or a, a free throw. So now it's like we've made that shot a little less more efficient. It can still exist, you could still stand in the corner, yeah. do that spacing, hit that shot, but instead you're getting three, now you're getting two.
0: But that doesn't do anything about defense. That just cuts down on scoring. It
2: just cuts down on scoring, yeah.
0: which, which might be the only way because
2: yeah. I do believe I'd rather watch Luka Doncic and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and all these great players do amazing things then watch them get bear hugged. Yeah. Like that's just not yeah. appealing or, and by the way, that's not basketball either. Because that right. was the whole thing. It's like, these guys are wrestling now. They're not playing basketball. It's not about the, the skill of a defender moving his feet or whatever. It's just like, I'm gonna hold you. I'm gonna grab right. you. I'm gonna restrict your movement physically rather yeah. than with anticipation.
0: Well, you heard it here first. Well, you probably didn't hear it here first, right. uh, but move the three. But you heard it here. But you, heard, right. it here. you heard it here. You heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball, and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy, for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus, a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make six trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.
2: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
2: You guys think the Timberwolves can beat the Nuggets? Anthony Edwards is plus 1,300 to win finals MVP. Wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. And if your team isn't in the playoffs, you can wager on who's going to win in the draft lottery on
0: May 12th. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly.
2: So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna download the DraftKings sportsbook app right now and use code oddball. That's code ODDBALL for new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming
1: resources.
2: Steve Kerr, head coach of the Warriors, signed a new extension worth roughly $35 million for two more years. It lines up right with the end of Steph Curry's current contract so hmm. kind of gives a little wait and see for everybody we look at that I, it's one of those things of those subtle actions that i think people take for granted but i yeah. think speaks volumes right
0: in what way from like the the contract itself or the timing of it
2: all of it okay all of it right obviously the money is the money he's one of the winning he's one of the top 15 coaches of all time as yeah. picked by nba 75 right he's won four titles he's been in the finals six times as the coach right like the bona fides speak for themselves, yep. right? And I think Steve Kerr is also one of those guys who rarely can say, oh, but I walked into this situation and I took a team that was a good team, a decent team, and made them into a juggernaut, right? Without a whole lot of wholesale changes personnel-wise. So I yeah. think that's why, you know, sometimes you say, like, well, how much is it him and how much is it the talent? But it's like the talent was there. And it's then It's like
0: he- the last homegrown team, maybe. right.
2: In the same way that, you know, decades earlier, his former head coach, Phil Jackson, wa- was, who was an assistant coach in Chicago. And they were a good team and mm-hmm. they were knocking on the door, but they clearly became something else yeah. when he became head coach. So Steve gets to take a lot of the credit in that way where it's, it's not questioned. But I think the other part of this is knowing Steve personally. This is a guy who's always been about work-life balance and always been like, yeah, I don't need to do this. Like I can just go home and hang out with my family, and, right. and you know, and, and so for Steve at this juncture, where it looks like more than any other time, it looks teetering, like because after the championships, there was like, oh, the Warriors aren't good, but it was a lot of it was like they're hurt, Clay's hurt, Clay's out, and Steph is hurt, now yeah. Draymond's hurt, like so it's a lot of that stuff, right? And then everyone's get gets healthy, they make the Wiggins acquisition, they win another title. Mm-hmm. Now here we are; they're all healthy, and they're like they're gunning for you know a long playoff run. But the reality is, we've never felt shakier about the trio of Steph, Draymond, and Clay Mm -hmm. than right now.
0: I think the only way that anyone would believe in this team is if Steve signed that extension. Steve Kerr says he's out, and it's like
2: it feels like okay, this this thing has run its course, right? In the same way that when Phil Jackson left. Chicago and Phil Jackson left LA the first time. Yeah. It felt like it run its course and it had. And so, you know, this is a a big vote of confidence. And again, I I can't stress enough. Like if this were Tom Thibodeau or Eric Spoelstra or like one of these other like I'm like, yeah, I don't know if these guys really want a life outside of basketball. No offense, but like I get like these guys are so driven. In, driven, not only driven, but it's like their identity is so yep. wrapped up yeah, not
0: that Steve Kerr is not driven. Steve Kerr's yeah, very driven. driven but you but know what I mean? It's like it. It. They need this as a part of who they are.
2: I, I can't imagine Tom. But I. Okay, I say I can't imagine it. I worked with him for a year at ESPN, and he's a lovely person. But like, you could tell trying. He, I need to get back, man. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to do this chilling thing. Yeah. Right. Eric Spolster, same way. Like, he's been working continuously since like 1995. Right. Like, on this crazy train to greatness. Steve Kerr is on that train as well. But you know what he's done along the way?
0: Taking a few seats. Yeah. yeah, you know
2: what? You know how, like, the old Amtrak, you know, you stop, I'm going to New Orleans, but you know what? I'm going to stop off here in Albuquerque, see what's going on over here. All right, and get back on the next train. That's what Steve Kerr has been doing with most of his career post-playing. And so, in that regard, I just kind of feel like, if he didn't feel like this thing was up to snuff or kosher, he would have been out. He would like, I don't need this, I'll just... Play this out and then go chill with my family he's
0: putting his 35 million dollars where his mouth is it's a lot of money it's a lot of money God. it sounds great um speaking of a lot of money just in general lebron mm-hmm. james and his son Bronny. this is a man that lebron james gave his same name and then said my son who's playing at usc who is not as good as everybody in the league by a mile he went on to tweet a few months ago people forget this that his son was actually better than some of these cats in the league
2: yeah, first of all, I thought his name was Ronald. Br-
0: <laughs> Richard Pritchard.
1: <laughs>
0: Call back for the day one. So, I mean, LeBron James tweeted um, a few days ago mm-hmm. about how everybody needs to leave his son alone. Like, oh, everybody needs to stop speculating he's his own kid, blah blah. blah. This comes after he has been talking his son up saying, "I want to play with my son." His yep. opt out is yep. June 29th. Yep. The draft is June 27th. Yep. He's- That's not an accident. So, LeBron takes those tweets down. Mhm. Do you think Bronny got to him first or or his wife, Savannah, got to LeBron James first? Ooh, that's first? a good
2: question. You So, okay, so I'm trying to imagine the James household. Yes. And scenario one is Bronnell's walking in like, Dad, I told you about this. This is so embarrassing. Oh, my God. How am I going to go back to school now? I'm never going back to school. And Dad's like, all right, I'll take it down. I'll take it down. Yeah. Or scenario two he tweets it and like sits back, real like, self-satisfied smug. And then Savannah just walks in and stares at him. Yeah, she and he's doesn't. Like, like n- he's like,
0: he's like, I got something on never it. <laughs> or, <laughs> not, not a or word said. She walks in, takes his phone, enters the passcode, deletes it herself. Oh,
2: I don't have her deleting it. I have her like my Jedi mind tricking him into. Yeah, like, yeah. She doesn't like, have to say. I don't have to like. I don't have she to doesn't have, I don't have to say anything. Don't lift a finger. That's Savannah. That's, that's the, the queen of the house, right? But we were talking about this before we recording about the immense pressure it must be to be LeBron James Jr. and to choose to play basketball as your path because the reality is in some ways it helps obviously in some ways it hurts if his name were LeBron Jackson, I think he'd be obviously a good college player and maybe would be able to scrap his way to get to the league, but no one would ever have that expectation on him of, like, your dad did this, and and you are, right? Yeah. Versus now, he does have doors open for him, but at some point, the expectation become like, well, this is LeBron's son, you're not that good, right?
0: Well, I think the thing about Nepo babies in general mm-hmm. is that the door is open, but, like, if you're very bad at what you do, it's you're a not going to get as far as your parents did and B it's going to be deeply embarrassing because you didn't get as far as your parents did you'd or or you were so far behind your parents.
2: Now here's the wild part. Yeah. Like a lot of times when we talk about these nepo babies, like you'll never be what your dad or your mom was. Right. But then you look at what they actually accomplished and in a vacuum was like, Pretty freaking good. So I learned this from TikTok the other day.
0: Oh, this is should be good and this accurate. This is
2: mind-blowing, right? Like, So the guy mm-hmm. who sang the theme song to the Disney animated show, The Gummy Bears. I, I'm with you. All right. Was also the guy who was the singing voice of Simba in The Lion King, the movie in 1994, the adult Simba, right? Is the same guy who was the lead singer for Toto. Shut the front door. The craziest part is this guy is the son of composer John Williams. If you don't know who John Williams is... Stop it. Jaws, uh, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. Like, all of these iconic theme music for movies, John Williams is the guy who the Wait, 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 wait. He's wait, the greatest wait, wait, composer wait, wait, wait. ever.
0: John Williams' son was the guy from Toto, as in Africa, and Hold, hold the, the line. line?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Right? So, if I told you there was a guy who did yeah. all these things, you'd be like, wow, what an amazing career this guy's had. Totally. Right? Then if I tell you, oh, his dad is John Williams, you're like, whoa, you little punk ass, you ain't do
0: I do think when we talk about Bronny, obviously he has a lot of money, a lot of opportunities because Mm -hmm. of who his dad is. Mm -hmm. I still think that a lot of people often use money and opportunity and status as a way to be like, well, how can you feel bad for him or how could you want something else for him? And I do think that the, the psychological weight of what he has to deal with as a young person trying to become his own person. I'm not in his head, I don't know, this is pure speculation. I can't imagine that it's light, I mean.
2: No, it's, it's absolutely gotta be heavy. Now, this is your cue, internet, to be like, oh yeah, what about a kid going up with no parents living in uh, a poverty? Like, guys, we get it, we, we're just right. saying like, it's not easy, it looks easy, it's not easy. All right, Charlotte, it's Wednesday, so get them paws ready. Word count Wednesday. That's right. We ask each other questions, and we've got to answer those questions in 10 words or less. And how do we figure out when we've got to 10 words? We
0: count on our fingers. There you
2: go. It's so high-tech. So high-tech. Eyebrow. All right, Charlotte, do you want to go first or should yeah, I go first? I want to go first. Okay, here we go. Charlotte. Yes. Your question is. Yes. How motivating and team-building do you think Raptors coach Darko Ryakovich's pizza party promise really was for the young squad?
0: Hugh! <laughs> that's just one word <laughs> I think mean, it was huge First yeah. of all Okay so well,
2: That's it Oh that was it
0: That was it One word Oh, a new It personal, was huge A new personal best Yeah Okay Because listen to me So so Darko promises team If they won three straight He would take them to dinner Right You could read that as pathetic I'm just gonna You could But this is the Raptors They're in 12th They have not been good Scotty Barnes however He was an all star yes. He had a triple double The other night mm-hmm. I mean things are looking up So Darko's like I'll take you to dinner You won three yeah. straight And the team is like No no You know what we would like, Mr. Darko? We would like a pizza party.
2: That's so amazing.
0: Like, so pure. Hey,
2: do you guys want to go to uh, St. Elmo's, for example? You want to go to
0: Keen's? You want to go, like, pick your poison. Yeah, it's
2: one of these, like, five-star, super-hard-to-get reservation restaurants. Nope.
0: Nope. I want a pizza party. And, first of all, this makes me realize just how young NBA players are. They are children, (laughs) literally. Most of them are not 21 yet on the Raptors. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but it feels true. So we're gonna go with They're it. They're a lot
2: closer to 21 than they are to any other age. There you How go. about
0: that? There you go. So I think it's pure, I think this is one of those things where do you remember being in school and your teacher's like, we'll give you a pizza party. And that was just like.
2: <sighs> if we can make it to seventh period.
0: If we can make it.
2: Without anybody interrupting, right? If we can make, if, if your attendance is perfect for this month, we're gonna have a pizza party.
0: One person that up, pardon my French. No pizza party. That person is ostracized. That yep. person does not get picked first at recess. That person is a problem because a pizza party is the most motivating thing you can do for a group of young people. Darko, way to he go!
2: Did it? He did also,
0: it. Also, also, it is worth noting that the the Hawks are in tenth. Trey Young <sighs> just got hurt. He's mm-hmm. going to be out for at least four weeks. Yes. If the Raptors keep winning, they could inch into that tenth spot from twelve and potentially be in the playing tournament
2: and and to that point again, this is why I love the playing tournament because in a normal society that we used to live in pre pandemic mm-hmm. the Raptors would have been like, "Well, game over, we're done uh let's just tank this out and try to get ping pong balls, but now there is a An incentive, right? Yeah. To keep fighting even when the season should be over because it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Thank you to the Miami Heat for proving to everybody like it's not over yet.
0: I mean, yes. Chris Paul's return to the Warriors last night in their 123 to 112 win over the Wizards. How should the Warriors be feeling about the rest of the season after Chris Paul came off the bench and helped them to that win? Pretty,
2: pretty, pretty good. Okay. All right shout out to larry david so the warriors have one of the easiest schedules down the stretch Mm -hmm. they've been beset by injuries they really haven't had everybody at the same time they've obviously they went underwent one of the biggest tragedies i think any team could go under which is someone a member of the squad uh passed away right but now everything is starting to coalesce and come together Draymond Green is not suspended. Steph Curry is as awesome as he's ever been. Klay Thompson has accepted and embraced his role coming off the bench, and also had some real sad words about how this might be the end, and I'm not going to play until I'm 40.
0: I mean, it's really cute though how he's been like, "I'm." We have the best unit that's ever come off a bench, and he's like proud of it.
2: Yeah, that's how you do it. But that 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 role definition, that knowing what we're supposed to be doing, is something they haven't had it every stage this, this season. And so now I think now that it's all coming together for them and Chris Paul is back, they've got an opportunity to do something special here down the stretch. The problem is, of course, Charlotte, the West is incredibly, incredibly stacked and difficult. And young. And young. That's all the Oddball we have for today. Tune in next time when Tiger Woods is a
1: guest star. <gasps> the headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place.